Hi, I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. So why should anybody call us on our phone line or email us? Well, it's... We're lonely. <laughs> we're lonely and we want to come over for dinner. And if you tell us who you are and where you are, we'll Google it and yeah. we'll be there Just in time. Make sure you let us know what time you eat. But seriously, we'd like to know who you are and where you live. It gives us an idea where our audience is at. We, we have a pretty good idea that we have a large audience out there. We know this from other analytics that we have at our beck and call, but we kind of would like to know what part of the country or the world that you are in, and, and, and we don't know that. They don't tell us that. So maybe if you would, you could take a few minutes and send us an email. It would be nice because, you know, we have a broad scope view of where you are. We don't know who you are, and we don't have it... Finely focused, but it makes it uh, interesting. And also what would make it interesting is do you have suggestions? Do you have ideas for stories? Do you have things that you like and you don't like? All of those things are important to us. And the only way we know is to sit there and hear it from you. And that could be verbally, too, uh, via the phone. And you could also sit there and magically hear your golden tones on the podcast. You're saying, well, how can we contact them verbally? We have a phone. Our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Of course, we have email addresses too. Yeah, the main mail address has always been mail at itsanotherday.com. Or you can go to uh, mail at jimandbill.com and uh, jimandbill at mail. Dot com. Let us know who you are, where you are. And these messages don't have to be long dissertations. One line would be fine. We really do appreciate you and love you for uh, checking in with us and listening on uh, a daily or semi-daily basis. Thanks. In the meantime, enjoy today's program. Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, here we are. We're hump day. We're humping through the week, and yeah. uh, things are changing in the news. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy day. Hey, did you hear about up in Canada? Uh, they had a bit of a scandal. Uh, uh, the Canadian Parliament recognized and honored with a standing ovation a man who turned out to be an ex-SS Galicia oh, fighter. A Nazi, yeah. From an outfit accused of widespread war crimes, uh, right. it's it, this thing, this this scandal in Canada has really caught on. The Speaker of the Canadian House, Anthony Rota, uh, has already apologized. He assumed responsibility for the mistake, but that wasn't enough. I mean, the scandal's just blown up. He resigned his position as Speaker. He didn't leave Parliament. He's still going to stay on as a, you know, as a minister, an MP, but he's not, and by the way, that's like being a representative, you know, in, right. in ours. Uh, he's going to stay on as an MP, but he's not going to be the speaker anymore. But, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau got up and gave him a standing ovation. This is a guy who was a Nazi, you know. You would think that somebody somewhere in the government would have completely vetted this guy before they got to the point where they were all applauding him. You know, <laughs> I, you would think. Oh, God. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that a lot of that goes on all over in politics that we could get into the wherefores and whys. But mm. you know, there's so many other things. The that, big uh, that are, another big thing. Do you hear about uh, Trump? What they're trying to do to Trump in New York? Yeah, they're uh, they're saying he's liable for inflating his his net worth. And well, I mean, you gotta you gotta sit there and go. You know, liable basically well, is like saying, uh, you know, maybe he did it. There's no, you know, there's... Well, Bill, it's, he, it's, it's not, not an indictment. There are no banks who have filed any complaints no. against Trump. He has paid all of his bills on time. He's a good risk. No banks are filing a complaint. This is... Letitia James, she, she obviously went searching for a judge somewhere. She found this crooked judge. Uh, now what they're doing is the the, uh, the judge has ordered uh, business licenses to be rescinded as a punishment. He's, he's literally yeah. taking away the business licenses for a lot of the Trump organization. 
And Trump has said, hey, this is this is nonsense. This is baloney. This is not an indictment. This is not this is not. Jim, uh, you did something I don't like and you're liable for it. Well, wait a second. Uh, Aren't we going to go to trial first to find out whether I'm liable for it? Nope. No, no trial at all. I'm saying you're liable and liable is not. It's an accusation. Is all it is. It is not a definitive outcome. Right. So saying he's liable of inflating the value. Well, let's take a look at things. I mean, you know, how do they? How do you determine value on business? His business is properties. So that is an assumption anyway. I mean, you know, uh, Letitia James, who's the attorney general, who is. She's known for the fact that before she was even elected, part of her her campaign was she had every intention to bring down Donald Trump. Donald Trump at the time was president of the United States. Letitia James is a whack job. I mean, she is a nut. How she ever got into office is beyond me. They've got video. You can go online. Don't believe me. Go online. Do your own homework. And you'll see videos of Letitia James talking. Have, she has her arms around uh, one of uh, her friends, and she's talking about how she's going to get Donald Trump. Maybe I can find it. Uh, and uh, So the liability of this whole story is she's lying through her teeth. Oh, wait, there's that word again. What, lying or teeth? <laughs> Liable. Uh, the she, root word. She is, a, she is a, uh, a vile human being. Let me play this for you. This is Letitia yeah. James with one of her friends, I believe, while she was campaigning. But you have to listen carefully. Listen. And what would you say to people who say, oh, I'm not going to bother to register to uh, vote because my voice doesn't make a difference or I'm just one person? I say one, I say one name. Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Get off your ass and vote. Will you, <laughs> will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. I love it. He probably does already. Did you hear that? It's hard to hear it. But a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Right? yeah I'm going to I have you. one word for you. Trump. And, and this girl, this numbskull she's with, says, are you going to sue him for us? And she's, oh, yeah. He's going to he's gonna know my name personally. I'm going to be a real pain in the ass. That's what she said. Well, you know what? Actually, if 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 this is a fair and just world, Ten years from now, you'll look in the dish- dictionary and look up "ass," and her picture will be there. Yeah, yeah actually, if it's a fair it's and just world, in uh, ten years, she she will have already spent five years in jail for abuse mm-hmm. of power, for corrupt acts. Uh, I mean, this is this is beyond being opposition. This is using your position as a tool to perform illegal acts. I mean, she found a judge who's on the same page as she is, and this this wacko judge, uh, his, what's his name? Uh, judge Arthur uh, Angeron, I guess his name is, ruled on Tuesday that Trump and the Trump Organization are liable for fraud. A non-jury trial begins on October 2nd. Well, wait a second. You're ruling that he's guilty of fraud, but the non-jury trial starts on October 2nd. So how can you start issuing rulings before you have the trial? Letitia James said her office is seeking to uh, make Trump pay $250 million, ban the Trumps from running New York businesses for good, ban Trump and the Trump Organization from buying commercial real estate in New York for five years. We're making a criminal referral to the U.S. Department of Justice. She's not just going after Donald Trump. She's going after the entire family. Right. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of trade violations there, don't you think? Well, I, I think there's an, an, an amazing amount of, uh, of, of wrongs being, uh, being done here. I, I think there's violations of all kinds of, of laws. Trump himself said, wait a second, my civil rights are gone. My civil rights are gone. He said, this is a communist nation, if this stands. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but he did use the word communist nation. Well, it is a communist nation. I mean, hell, we blew up the North, Nord Stream. That was under Joe Biden. That came out, you know, actually back in February of yeah. this year with a story. 
And, yeah, the CIA was directed by Biden under a lie by Biden to blow it up. We blew up Russia's pipeline. You wonder who did it, and everyone goes, oh, we don't know. We think they did it themselves. Well, that's just like, well, you know, Russia helped Trump win. That was a lie. And that's been proven, and everybody knows it. What the hell else is this party lying about? Joe won the election? Well, okay, let's go for the trifecta there because there were votes that they found, and we're not talking about one, two, 20, 100 of them. We're talking about in just one city alone, oh, hundreds of thousands. I'm not even going right. to. Well, no. Go but ahead. What happened the day before yesterday? Uh, the latest polls came out, and Biden was down nationally by as much as 10 points, 10% down. So you expected something like this to come out yesterday because it's a distraction. They, they are notorious for, like Bill said, throwing out distractions, getting you to look at Trump, the shiny object, and not the reality of what's really going on with Biden. They want to take him out, and they're doing everything they can, and they ought to see that every time they poop in the lawn, Trump actually looks better to everybody else because it's not him that made the mistake in the lawn. It's them. And, you know, leash that dog up because the dog don't hunt. And yeah. I'm, I'm tired of this, and, and I think the American public is too. I mean, in, in a recent survey that just came out, a uh, majority of voters uh, side with the GOP on the economy. Is he going to get punished for this one too? 49 to 28%. So in other words, Bidenomics is not working. The overwhelming majority is saying the economy sucks, Joe. You're doing a lousy job. Corinne Jean-Pierre is going, eh, you know, polls are just polls. You know, that's just mm. what they are. Polls are polls. That's what they are. Unless, of course, it favors the Democrats. There was then, a, uh, another, another poll that came out yesterday, a CBS poll. It showed that 55% of voters want Biden to be tougher on immigrants trying to cross the border. The uh, September 5th through 8th poll showed that 15% prefer an easier policy. 15%. I would like to meet those morons. I mean, I mean, it, we're not uh, loose enough on the border. I mean, can we like maybe put a highway in uh, to get these people in faster? The uh, poll showed that 34% approval for Biden's migration policy, 66% disapproved. So what did the media do? The media came out and said, oh, wait a second, uh, that this poll, the CBS poll, it has to be an outlier. You know, it can't be real. It has to be an outlier. The media said this. You know, the media is either they're the dumbest bunch of people on the planet working in American media or they are the most corrupt bastards you'll ever you'll ever run into. Case in point, Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta was interviewing a Republican mm. representative. I don't know whether you heard this. He was interviewing a Republican representative uh, the day before yesterday, and Jim Acosta would have nothing of uh, any of this representative's truthful facts. The representative in this interview, he's correct. Acosta is speaking through his derriere. Listen. It just sounds like you're throwing uh, uh, New rhetoric York around with no basis in fact. No. Uh, uh, you can. Uh, have you been to the border? Of course I have. Have you seen what's going on? The rapes? The, uh, it's, it's open. I mean, nobody can, can deny that. The border is. And uh, they've got a. It's a crisis. Where? I'll ask the question, sir. And, and the Where border is, is not open. That is, that is something that that is uh, peddled as a talking point, but it's not true. There, there are fences, there are walls, uh, there are border patrol agents who, yeah. who work okay. on the border. The five plus million uh, that have gotten into this country illegally uh, is not a figment of, of our imagination. Ask the border patrol agents. Ask anybody yeah. down there. They're frustrated. But I guess I haven't. You, you have uh, not no, been able to answer is, my question as to how you effectively do border enforcement if you're shutting down the government i guess but i guess we're not going to get an answer to that question jim acosta truly is a vile human being he he just doesn't care if he's he's caught in a lie he just doesn't care he will lie and lie again and he'll say i'm asking the questions here sir 
I would have said to him, wait a second, pal, there's nothing writing here. Who asks what? Let's, you know, let's get something straight. I'm your guest, and I'm going to give you the answers I feel are appropriate, not because they don't fit your narrative, pal, Acosta. Ooh, I, I find him to be despicable. Just, you know, he's the guy Tell who me got how up, you really feel about the guy. Well, he's, I mean, the guy who, he's the guy who got up in Trump's face, you know, and, yeah, know. and would confront him in the most embarrassing way. Never mind the fact that the man was the president of the United States of America— Acosta just didn't care, and he well, would he would attack him with lies, and he's doing it now with other people. Diehard liberals never accepted Trump as the president. They just didn't. But they expect us to accept Biden, where you got, uh, in one city alone, 400,000 ballots that have how many people go to a poll yeah. and sit there, and when you vote— you don't vote for just one candidate. You know, if, if you don't know anybody in the ballot, you go, you hit the blue or you hit the red button. You vote all one party. You yeah. know, do, are you going to do a blanket vote? You don't see him there. Ah, yeah, I'm going to write in Biden here 400,000 times. The probability, the likeliness of that is eh, not even a percent. So, you know, but you know what? In the liberal mind, well... We got to have it our way. We got to have, uh, you know, a Democrat. Well, yeah, well, your they, party's well, corrupt. We, we, we say that, but then I just pointed to a CBS poll that says 66% of the liberals uh, want a tighter border. So th- I think even even the woke left is starting to get tired of his policies uh, on the border. I mean, you can only do this so long. By the way, do you know he went up to Michigan? Did you hear about this? I think it was mm-hmm. Michigan. Either that or it was Ohio. Uh, he went up to walk the picket line with oh, yeah, the UAW. Joe, he's sitting there with his, but you know, do you know how long he was there? Oh, what? Uh, two minutes? No, twelve. He was there twelve minutes, and when he was there twelve minutes, they said he but, walked around and looked incredibly confused. <laughs> but uh, the news is saying this is unprecedented. Yeah, right. Unprecedented. No other president has ever done this in history. Walked a picket line. Yeah, for twelve well, minutes. Well, you know what? Yeah, and. They're already questioning questioning not only his cognitive ability, but they're saying he's got early signs of Alzheimer's. Early signs of Alzheimer's. I, I think, you know, that train left the building a long time ago. This guy, and I'm, I'm sad to say it, he is not fit to be president. He never was. No. You know, and even plus, when he was, even by the way, before, his, before this uh, dementia that he's going through. Mm-hmm. He was a numbskull. He was a corrupt, lying, cheating bastard. Numbskull. Is what he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was it? They just they they brought out some of the bank records back in 2019. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Chinese I, payments came to his I, listed I think, his Delaware home yeah, address. I think I have I mean, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, we're not talking the big bucks, but you know, we already they've already traced over fifty million dollars that went to him. But you know, I think yeah. one was a ten thousand dollar check. It says one, House Oversight Chairman check. James Comer on Tuesday revealed Hunter Biden received two bank wires from China, and Joe Biden was listed as the beneficiary address for both wire transfers. The first wire sent to Hunter Biden, dated July twenty sixth, twenty nineteen, was for ten thousand dollars from an individual named Ms. Wang Jin. Uh, there is a Ms. Wang Jin listed on the website for BHR Partners. It is unclear if the wire came from Wang Jin, according to Fox News. The second wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden dated August 2nd, 2019, was for $250,000, a little more than the 10, from mm-hmm. Li Jingsheng, also uh, known as Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR Partners. And Ms. Tang Lin, uh, the committee is trying to identify Ling's role. Uh, I just subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden receiving payments originating from Beijing in 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president, said uh, James Comer, who is the oversight chairman. So that's interesting. Uh, He's getting... He's getting money sent to his house, but he has no involvement. I mean, if I sent money to Bill 
Knight's house, if I had like illegal funds sent to Bill Knight's house, you might think that maybe Mr. Knight was involved. Don't you think? I mean, if I were... Oh, never. I would never do anything illegal. Oh, no, no, no. I, mean, no, no, I know that. Actually, I'm not yeah. kidding, but actually... But no, seriously, if, 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 you, you, if your house was the drop-off point for bribe funds, uh, you, you know you got to be involved. You have to know about it. You know, I, I wouldn't... Hey, my, my parents have both, have both passed on, but uh, I can tell you if I was uh, doing something corrupt and I was having the corrupt funds sent to my parents' home in Rhode Island, uh, my dad would have had me arrested. Well, that would be just downright yeah. corrupt, Jim, to do something. Yeah, but Joe like Biden that. thinks nothing of it because the money probably was going to the big guy himself. Hey, speaking of the big guy, I don't know if you heard about this, Bill. CNN reported on Tuesday that Joe Biden's German shepherd named Commander mm. has bitten yet another Secret Service agent. This is the, now listen to this, this is the 11th known attack by Commander on Secret <laughs> Service agents since the Bidens brought him to replace their German shepherd named Major after he attacked and bit Secret Service agents. One of Commander's attacks sent an agent to the hospital 11 times for this dog. Now, I'm not, a, I don't have a dog, but uh, when I was a kid, I mean, if your dog bits somebody. The dog you know, is picked up and taken away. That's exactly right. And many times in but, a lot of areas, the dog was put down. I don't want, you know. The I'm, dog, the dog, you know, it kind of, um, it's a reflection of the owner. Yeah. If the owner doesn't like something, the dog doesn't like something. Yeah. So true. why is it that all these Secret Service guys are getting bit unless there is some outwardly thing that the dog is noticing from Joe towards them that makes, you know, uh, that dog upset? Like maybe Joe's upset after, you know, the Secret Service people come in and say, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, because they're going to tell him. In no uncertain terms, what he's got is, oh, I care, I'm the president. The dog sees that, and yeah. the dog's going to protect its owner. You know, uh, so I just don't know how you you have a dog that bites eleven agents still roaming the White House. I just don't know how that happens. I mean, those agents should, should get combat pay. You know, I mean, it wouldn't well, happen you know, on the street. I'd, I'd be the agent in the news when I put a bullet to the dog. And I don't mean that as I'm not an animal lover. I used to raise dogs, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, if a dog attacks you at some yeah. point in time, you got to sit there and make a determination. You, you know, it'd be dog. one thing if the if it'd be one thing if it was a, li a little dog, you know, like a, 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 the size of a slipper, you know, uh, or something, you know. But these are German shepherds. It's like being attacked by a horse sometimes, you know. Holy smokes. Um, also, this is something we were talking about a little while ago before we, we went on the air, but it's worth, uh, you know, talking mm -hmm. again while we are, we are on the air. FEMA, in, in coordination with the Federal Communications Commission, is going to conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system and wireless emergency alerts, and it'll happen this fall. The national test will consist of two portions, testing the wireless emergency alerts, and the emergency alert system capabilities. Both tests are scheduled to begin at approximately 2.20 Eastern Time on Wednesday, October 4th. Write that down, folks. On Wednesday, October 4th, the WEA portion of the test will be directed to all consumer cell phones. That's right, to your cell phone. This will uh, be the third nationwide test but the second test to all cellular services. I, I don't remember there being one or even two. You know, they, they, they say this is the third. I don't remember the first two. Maybe They it, probably didn't tell us about it, but, you know, so now we're being warned. And a lot of stuff is suspicious to me about it. Uh, number one, if we don't remember the first two and now this is the third and now they're making sure that we know about it, it's on their website, all right, no big deal. It shouldn't last. But, you know, we used to do EBS tests. They lasted maybe uh, anywhere from 20 seconds to a minute, the old way that they used right. to do it. You turn the transmitter off, turn it back on. 
Then they quit yeah. doing that because a lot of times you turn the transmitter off and the switch would short and it wouldn't come <laughs> back on. Yeah, yeah, that many times happened. Um, but you know, so what they you know, do, you know, they send out an alert. This is a test, and it's just to make sure that you know. I wouldn't say that I I did a a lot, but uh, it's been years since I've been doing it, and I can still say. This is a test of the emergency broadcasting system. Broadcasters in your area in voluntary cooperation, and I'll go I could go on and on, but I, it's ingrained. Yeah. I have it literally ingrained in my fabric. It's a, Oh yeah. Well uh, yeah, you used to I I don't I guess you were testing the reliability of the transmitter. Yeah. That's what you wanted to do, and to make people aware that if there's an emergency and you hear certain things. Uh, that's what you do because what we would do is we'd get a thing to do an EBS test. And we would, like if you got a national one, you would do one regularly. And then if you got the national thing, you had a, a an envelope that you'd grab and you'd do the authenticator codes. And if those codes matched, you knew you had to go EBS. Which I got a question happened. for you. Why in this world of digital everything do we have to do such an open uh, test. Why do we have to have the sounder, the tone? Well, well, I mean, who? First of all, how are they going to know whether it's an effective test? I mean, they're not going to come to your house and say, "Did you hear it?" You know. No, so, but you know. See, now you said you know you, you, to be safe because there is other people out there saying, "Turn off your phones because they're going to go right. in and hack your phone." That's well, exactly they what they're saying. But they don't need to do a test or the uh, the the assumption of a test to hack your phone. They do that every day anyway. They That's can true. get into your phone. So my thought is, if you're going to throw a, a conspiracy out there, let's say that we're going to do a test. Now let's get Billy Bob over here to go out and start the story that, oh, they're going to sneak in and spy on you, and you should turn your phone off for two hours. So all of a sudden, well, I don't know what the – the you know what, the response what, would be how many people well, would turn off their phones how many people actually yeah. sit there and get their information you see people walking all the time looking at their phones they get everything they get their alerts there they get their you know the yeah. abducted child thing amber alerts everything so if all of a sudden we were convinced to shut our phones off and that's like a news blackout that's true you can do a lot of things in the dark can't you yeah so for if they black out the news on October 4th, we voluntarily black out because we believe something's going on by our government. Yep. Well, maybe there is something going on that they don't want us to know about, and they're they're getting us in a hoax to voluntarily turn off our phone because I can guarantee you right now, this phone right here, which is on, you see the time and everything sure. like that, it's listening. And see, it just opened up. So, and by the way, that's, what, what you're saying is true. We should point out this is very important to a lot of people who, and we're not technical wizards ourselves, trust me, but this thing is always, I'm holding my phone. This phone is always, always on, and it's always listening. Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, case in point, if I were to say, for example, hey, Siri, what time is it? I would get this. Well, it didn't. It didn't say it out loud, but it came up with eight sixteen a.m. Well, That's what it yeah, says. It's like me, but see, you don't only have your phone that listens. So if we're gonna shut electronic devices off, what about Alexa over there? Now, my Alexa is not called Alexa. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mine is uh, Ziggy. Ziggy, what time is it? She's not paying attention to you. No, she, uh, no, she's I ignoring you. No I, no, I turned the volume down because you can hear her, but she's got yeah. 816, and you saw the thing moving. But the point is, it's listening. All the time. It's all the time it is listening. So my point is, if they want to get into your phone, if they can listen to your phone, and let me tell you something about how the Internet works. You type in a search for an ad. Mm-hmm. All right. Or, hey, you know what? I'm, what are those shoes called? You look it up. Have you noticed? Now, all of a sudden, every you get all these ads sure. about those shoes because that is a technology that they sell to advertisers. If you own websites, you put AdSense up there, and 
you can actually generate articles that are in there that help your SEO and draw, you know, those ads in and you get paid for the for non just for the non techies out there, SEO or search engine optimiz optimization. Right. Okay. So now it's the ads that do it. So my point is they're into your phone already telling you or saying, yeah, we're doing an EBS test. And then somebody else over here going, hey, you better shut off your phone. They're going hey, to get into how many it. Times They're already in there. How many times have you gone, for example, to Amazon and you're just browsing and you kind of find something that has a, has piqued your interest? You might look at a couple of different variations of it. You might stay on the page for a certain length of times, you know, just browsing. And then you turn your phone off and go your merry, merry way. And all of a sudden you start getting emails from Amazon saying, we just found something you may like, and it's that item that you were just browsing exactly. through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what I'm saying is this is all part, uh, you know, if, if they're doing that, there there could be something far worse that's going on. You know, turn your TV on, you know, or m make sure that you see something because a lot of people don't watch the TV. Yeah. You know? That's um, true. Um I'm just saying there's there's probably there's something to that date yep. that's important and what it is who the hell knows um I don't know you heard about this good. but they announced uh the witnesses for the first hearing on the uh Biden impeachment inquiry have you heard about mm -hmm. that uh no. they the first well, I knew. there there are three of them one is a guy named Bruce Dubinsky is a founder of Dubinsky Consulting I'm not sure exactly what he does I think uh, I think he's an accountant and I think they're going to, he's a tax accountant, and I think they're going to be using him to forensically uh, make a, a case for what happened, where the money came from, where it went, things like that. The other witnesses is a lady named Eileen O'Connor, former assistant attorney general, Department of Justice Tax Division. Again, they're going after tax stuff, right? And the third mm -hmm. guy is somebody a lot of us have heard of, Jonathan Turley. He's with he's the Shapiro Chair for Public Interest Law, George Washington University Law School. A very articulate guy, uh, kind of a, a liberal, maybe a libertarian, but he he's more liberal than he is conservative. But yet he's been known to be honest and forthright. So uh, that's I don't know the fact that the names are out there now. Now that the uh, Biden administration knows how to fight this, and, yeah. Well, they have you know, to. Why give, does they Biden have, to, have the right to know what the witnesses are? But they, that's, they that's the way know. it is, Bill. That, that, that's, for example, if 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 you and I are in a dispute in, in the court, my lawyers have to give your lawyers the right. wit the witnesses. You, they, it's like uh, does Trump get his witness list of what they're going to? They have to. Him? Yeah, they have to. They they wait until the last minute. They drag their feet on it because I that's the big argument yeah, going on. But the thing is, they're going to do it, and uh, they have to do it by law. You can't make it. You can't blindside the opposition in court. That's why you know you watch some TV programs in a courtroom, and some surprise witness comes strolling in the courtroom, and the guy says, uh, "Your Honor, uh, I'd like to introduce this uh, person as one of our witnesses." And the opposition will always say, "Your Honor, this is inappropriate. I, I wasn't informed of this witness." That's because there has to be some notice, right. you know. They have to uh, let the other side know what's going on. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I do think that the right now, don't let this smoke about what they're trying to do with the, the businesses in New York. Uh, don't let it cloud what's going on. Trump, I think Trump really has this under control. I think he even expected Letitia James to do what she did do. I don't think he was blindsided by that. this. I think that uh, their lawyers probably had a well, had a, a scenario for every possibility, and I think this was one of them. So I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if Trump took all of his businesses and packed them all up and moved them all to Florida. Trust me, I, I think that's a distinct possibility. And who's going to lose in the long run? The state of New York, because they pay millions of dollars in taxes from these Trump businesses. I mean, Trump Tower, they could sell it, make billions of dollars on it, sell it to somebody else and well, move on. Know, or, or he could sit there and turn around and take the other thing and say, well, you know, they've tarnished the name. They've done this. They've done that. Ooh, you I know, like pull that. Every, pull everything out of there. And now this building, it's it's you're more productive and cheaper to tear it down and no, let it no, become no, no. something I else. I thought you were going towards 
a legal action against the state well, of New they York. Could. They that could do a legal is where action. I thought you were going because that would make sense. I would say this is defamation. They are they've damaged irreparably damaged uh, our business in New York, and right. it, but it, it made it so could, that a lot of our clients don't want to deal with. Do you know that they they find each one of Trump's lawyers in New York seven thousand five hundred dollars just for making his case. Right. Um, yeah, it was a failed attempt. Okay. So the next time you watch football on TV, yeah, you know, and he's running to, oh, he got tackled. Oh, we got to fine him now because $7,500 because he didn't make that run completely. <laughs> That's it. He got tackled. Tackled. Yes. He's down 70. Pay it up now, buddy. That's true. You can't play the rest that of the That is essentially what they're doing. They're penalizing yeah. Trump's lawyers for failing. Uh, with their case, you know. Yeah, my my point on the real estate thing is there's a way, you know, the, there there's an assessment of value on any property, and in, in business situations, you know, you look at the the property and you're going, okay, it can't compete anymore. They did. They tarnished his reputation. They tarnished the business. It is you're more productive to tear it down and put something else there, and that would be the precedence for the legal lawsuit to say, I didn't do this. You did it, and there you go. You got the claim. But, you know, they want to take all, all his business away anyway. I venture to say if Trump pulled any of his holdings, all of his holdings out of New York mm -hmm. City, they would probably feel the repercussions of that you know where for I would, you know where decades. I would, I would move him to South Dakota, to Christie yeah. Nome State. I would go to a, such a, a friendly state, South Dakota, Make that a, yeah. make make a that center. a mecca. Make make yeah. Yep. Go ahead and just build a big beautiful city there. Yeah, and make it the place where everybody goes. The city of Trump. The city of Trump. He likes his name on everything. The city of Trump, South Dakota. I like that. That has a ring, you know. Yeah, and and, and I think that uh, it would not only succeed, it would flourish in South Dakota because yeah. they would be so happy to have you there, as opposed to these vindictive. Evil, corrupt people in New York. I'm not talking about the average person. I'm talking about the government they voted in. I mean, this. You wonder what uh, you know. What kind of consequences there are to elections? They voted in this Hochul to be the governor of New York. She's the one who was the, uh, I think, lieutenant general, and she became the governor when uh, Cuomo uh, left in, in in disgrace. Well, she was up against, uh, I forgot his name, a bright uh, young guy who was, uh, think of it after the show's over, that happens a lot, you know, uh, and she beat him. But she beat him because New York's a big, big Democratic uh, state, uh, city, rather, and, you know, they have, everybody who's not paying attention in New York, and a lot of people aren't paying attention to politics they just go along to get along. I'm a Democrat. Yeah, I drive this cab, and I, well, yeah, I work uh, 7 to 7. I'm too busy to think about politics. I got an opinion about everything, and I'll take you wherever you want to go, but I haven't got a clue what the heck I'm doing. I mean, New York is filled with a lot of people who just don't pay attention. But then when things happen in their city, like the immigration problem they have right now, it's they start to feel it, you know? They start to feel mm -hmm. this we're being overwhelmed by all these strangers who weren't invited into our city, but but essentially they were. They were. You kind of made it so that they were welcome because you called yourself a sanctuary city, and you essentially waved all these people into your into your town. Your 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 government did. Your mayor, your city council, and uh, now people in New York City are, are kind of waking up. But Kathy Hochul, by the way, if she were an honest, forthright. Uh, legitimate governor, if she were somebody who believed in true justice and 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 justice for all, she would look at what her her attorney general in New York is doing, this Letitia James, and she would squash it. She has the authority. She's the governor. She would she could turn to Letitia and say, "Take it all, etch a sketch it, stop it right now, throw everything out." Forget it. This is not legal or lawful. You're making us looking look like a laughing stock around the country. But Hochul is not that smart. She mm. is not 
that smart. So she's going along to get along to see where this is going to go. This is not going to end well for the Democrats because this is such an obvious overreach, in my opinion. Uh, But then again, we could go on and on and on. Um, Remember uh, yesterday we were talking about, uh, well, that store, that Wawa? Mm-hmm. Down in yeah. uh, where, wherever it was. Yeah, right. I think it was down in Georgia or something like that. Well, uh, you heard the news yesterday. CVS Pharmacy? They're going to close oh, 900 yeah. stores by the end of 2024. Yeah. And the reason is shoplifting. Yeah, but have you heard what they call it? Now, they don't. They call it, uh, they have a different name for it. They don't call it shoplifting. They try to make it a little softer. Uh, I can't think of what they what they call it. It's something like. Overage, or you know, something that they have Overage. a, a te- they have a technical term for for shoplifting, but they don't call it shoplifting. Yeah, yeah. CVS they're closing nine hundred stores. Uh, I guess a lot of them are going to be like in San Francisco and in Portland and places like that. Uh, yeah, no surprise. I mean, just look at those cities; they're falling apart. You know, uh, Tar- yeah. Target closed nine stores for the same reason. Target is closing nine stores. Think about that for a second, friends. How much money goes into the building and the setup of a store? Uh, millions of dollars. And the, the revenue those businesses create for a community, all that's gone. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I find that amazing, Bill. I find ama- We live in, uh, in... Well, that's where some appraiser came in and sat there and said, you know what? <laughs> it's better off just to sit there and close this puppy down. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's what's going on. I mean, that is Biden's America. And that's why, you know, people are feeling they're feeling the burn on the economy and he doesn't get it. He really thinks, well, well he did admit he should have never called it Bidenomics. But Bidenomics is what it is. And it sucks. Well, we live in a world where we have the White House dog biting Secret Service men. But also getting back to New York City. Uh, did you hear about a 28-year-old man allegedly slammed into a New York uh, Police Department squad car and three other vehicles before his arrest on a slew of charges on Wednesday? And while he was in custody, uh, maybe he was hungry, he bit off a piece of a police sergeant's finger while oh, in nice. a holding cell. And, and, and there's a picture that the police sergeant is holding the, his hand up, and like the first part of his third finger is, is gone. The guy literally bit the finger off. And I'm thinking there's not a job in the world that pays you enough to, to lose part of a digit, you know? Well, you know, you either lose the digit or you clobber the guy and then you lose your job, you know? And it's like going, I would have lost my job. You want to bet? This is, by the way, that guy who bit it off, Bill, he's an illegal. He's not oh. He's not supposed to be in the city. Do you, do you want to, excuse me, I just hit my, my printer. Do you want to bet? That a judge in New York lets that guy out of prison within a relatively short period of time? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I mean, he's not a citizen, so what legal hold do we have on him? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. The, the, this, the border thing, this is, there's a bigger agenda going on here. And, you know, it's it's not what they say it is. You know, that all these illegals are coming. And then the audio that you played earlier where the guy is going, well, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. they're trying to turn they're trying to turn the bat around. That border wall has been down for a long time, and to sit there and try to re- blame it on the Republican Congress is just asinine. They have a picture, because- Bill. Have you seen it? Uh, so, someone made like a, a an opening in the barbed wire or a barbed wire, and on the other side of the opening, you see a mother. She looks like she's she's holding her child. Maybe he's two years old or three years old, and right. the child's crying. And the mother looks like she's getting him ready to send him through the opening in the barbed wire, and he doesn't want to go. But the thing is, the people who were down there saying that's staged, folks. It's staged. It is staged. The kid didn't mm-hmm. go through. It is not true. Um, the crisis on the border has finally caught the attention of. Uh, Guys like Elon Musk, he's going down there. Did you hear about that? He's going. Uh, well, I was just looking at the news story, but I haven't yeah, read it yet. Yeah, he's going down to uh, Eagle Pass, Texas, to see the problem for himself. He's also going to bring a lot of attention. You know, you, you get Elon Musk down there, and he's going to be surrounded by press and the media, 
and a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Plus, forget the fact that the media, some media won't cover him. He'll have his own camera crews, and all he has to do is post it on his own website, on uh, his own uh, social platform, which is Twitter. Well, actually, it's X, formerly known as Twitter. And uh, he'll get millions and millions of people around the world to see the problem, which is not mm-hmm. what not what Biden wants. Not at all. So, um, other things in the news. I got I got a segment here. I've been holding this off for a while. It's actually a little old, but it's worth listening to. It's Matt Gates. He's interviewed about his. You know, he was uh, one of the guys who interviewed the Attorney General uh, Mary Garland. And uh, it starts off with a little bit of that interview. But uh, Gates is a dynamic young uh, force to be reckoned with in Congress right now. And he's somebody you got to pay attention to because the guy, he's one of us. He's not playing the congressional go-along-to-get-along game. You know, he's doing it for us. And I, I, I appreciate that. Right now they're trying to make him look like he's a villain because... He's going to hold back on on getting this spending bill done by September 30th. And, oh, the government's going to shut down. First of all, the essential things are going to still get paid. People, certain things, the military and stuff like that, they'll be pay, paid. And I believe even Social Security will be paid. Yeah, Actually, I'll tell you right now in Social Security, uh, the big thing that they're doing is what about Social Security? It's not going to be paid. Every headline is that. Yeah. And then if you read the story, well, actually, the payments will continue to go on. They don't cut the funding on everything. And most of you people right. get that check. It's either a check that's generated and automatically mailed right. or it is automatically deposited. Yeah. What goes on is if you got a question about something, yes. there's not going to be a support personnel there to answer your question. That's right. But you'll get your check. Your uh, but- money is guaranteed. The the it doesn't stop the flow of cash in these bills that are going out. So friends, they are manipulating the news yeah. and the narrative. Don't fall for the lie. Absolutely. Matt Gates was interviewed. Here's what he had to say. I guess I'm just wondering, Mr. Attorney General, has anyone at the department told President Biden to knock it off? With Hunter. I mean, you guys are charging Hunter Biden on some crimes, investigating him on on others. You've got the president bringing Hunter Biden around to state dinners. Has anyone told him to knock it off? Our job in the Justice Department is to pursue our cases without reference uh, to what's happening in the outside world. Just yes or no? Have you done that? That is what we do. So it's a no? No one that I know of has spoken to the White House about the Hunter Biden case. I'm wondering then. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right, that was Matt Gates there uh, this week with Attorney General Merrick Garland, who struggled to answer even the most basic questions on Capitol Hill on Wednesday. Florida Congressman Matt Gates is with us right now. Rick Grinnell also back with us. Congressman, good to see you. Oh, good morning. Hey, truth be told, Congressman, we tried to get your wife as the real guest. She was not available, so we, we are going with you. <laughs> I, am, I am happy to be uh, Ginger's backup. Uh, good to be with you guys. But, you know, Rick, one of the things I was really concerned about in my time with the Attorney General is that he, he, he had no real answer for why the Department of Justice got rid of President Trump's China initiative that targeted Chinese malign influence, led to successful prosecutions of people in academia and and uh, in, in uh, R&D, who were literally giving America's secrets and, and you know, prized intellectual jewels to the Chinese Communist Party. And Merrick Garland's answer was, well, you know, we've got a lot of dangerous countries like North Korea. You know, Rick, as the former DNI, you know, we face no threat like China. And for the Biden administration to thin the soup in our in our strategy to confront China says a lot about what the Chinese Communist Party got for the bribes that were paid. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable, Congressman. He couldn't, I mean, again, he couldn't answer the most basic, basic questions. Questions that an attorney general, any attorney general, should be able to answer without perjuring themselves or without worrying about saying the wrong thing. Um, I want to talk about this uh, the speakership fight that's been happening uh, in this sort of mini rebellion in the House. Um, you don't think Kevin McCarthy's doing a great job as speaker. We went through that 15-round debacle back in January. Um, why 
why don't you consider a run for speaker? Well, mostly because I would not have the requisite support. Uh, I, I, I don't have uh, anywhere near the votes it would take to be Speaker of the House. But even though Kevin McCarthy is not doing a good job and, is, and has really got us behind schedule uh, and has mismanaged the institution, I am very heartened by some of the work that's been done just in the last... 36 hours where moderate Republicans are sitting down with you know, conservative Republicans like myself, and we're, we're building a path forward. Here's what it looks like. Reviewing single subject spending bills where agencies of government have to stand before us and defend their budget without all being lumped together. Since 1997, this country has been governed by either a continuing resolution or an omnibus bill. And what those two things have in common is that every disparate agency is in government is subjected to just one up or down vote to fund the whole thing or not fund the whole thing. That is unserious. We have moved away from that. And it is to the great credit of people like New York Congressman Mark Melinaro yeah. and others but that, would you that also, we've really built Matt, that plan. Matt, would you give a little credit to, uh, to, to the speaker for that movement? It sounds like you are moving a little bit to he's listening more and things are getting back. On, no, on no, track. it's quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite, Rick. This is happening in spite of Kevin McCarthy, not because of Kevin McCarthy. Who would you the, like to see fact, take over as speaker, Congressman? Is there somebody else? Because, you know, we tried this in January and, and nobody got the votes. Uh, Byron Donalds, uh, who's your friend, fellow congressman in Florida, Andy Biggs. Who, who could take over and get the votes if not Kevin McCarthy? Well, you got to try something different because we've had eight months of failure theater. Kevin McCarthy made promises in order to get those votes. Those promises included a vote on term limits, a vote on a balanced budget amendment, releasing the January 6 tapes in full. He has not fulfilled those promises. But do you, do you uh, have now, a name? Is, is there somebody else? Or, or you know, you said theater. Are we I think see there are a few folks. Look, we're, we're, our, our, we have a lot of talented members. Uh, you know, right now, our number two, Steve Scalise, we're all praying for, hoping it gets better because he's getting some treatment for blood cancer. Yep. So I don't want to prejudge his condition, but we've got a lot of really talented people. Our whip, Tom Emmer, is someone who has a lot of credibility across the Congress. Uh, uh, he's the number three. So look, w the issue is okay. Kevin McCarthy purposefully backed us up against the wall where government funding was running out and we hadn't passed single subject spending bills. So we're now trying to do work to correct the failures of Kevin McCarthy. But it sounds, get the like, House it sounds like you are pleased over the last 36 hours that, that there is some movement. So maybe we could punt this issue till, till later, no? Which issue? Spending bills? Well, no, we well, need to certainly. get on those right now. Yeah. Rick, Congressman. Rick, hold on, hold on. Yesterday, Thursday at 3 p.m., while we're here trying to hammer this stuff out, Kevin McCarthy sent everyone home. Like, this is not the French work week. We've got only a few <laughs> legislative days left before the country runs out of money, and you've got Kevin McCarthy quite literally punting while we're trying to move the ball forward. So I give him no credit for this movement. It has happened in spite of him, Great not because of him, and we're going to have to address his leadership after we get through this government all funding right, crisis. Congressman, I want to ask you, um, Axios is reporting that you claim all this noise, that you're thinking about running for governor of Florida in 2026. You called it just clickbait. Um, is it or are you planning on making a run look for, for governor? No. And I get it. 2026 is a long way away. But if you play it out, so you win in 26, you win re-election 2032, you can run for president. You're only 50. You're in your second term as governor. Uh, it sounds like a, a political plan. And this absolutely gets back to Ginger. Yes. This is ridiculous, okay? We have a job to do right now. Every politician's always worried about the next thing to run for. I have no plans to run for governor. I'm not making any plans to run for governor. I, I, I have plans to try to get the House of Representatives, where I currently work, to do what it has not done since 1997, and that is actually abide by the appropriations process, pass single-subject spending bills, get votes on term limits and balanced budgets. I don't know if we're going to have a country in 2026 if we don't do these things right now because the world is de-dollarizing. We're facing two trillion trillion dollar annual deficit. So that is a distraction. That is noise. I'm here focused on the work I got to do in Congress. Congressman, great to have you on this morning. Look forward to yes. doing it again soon. Uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates. thank you. You know, he's one of the few guys in yeah. Congress who who's doing his job. He's doing what he was sent there to do. Yeah, and I agree with him. We may not have a country by 2026 or even sooner. De-dollarizing the value. We're being challenged by Russia, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, the... We, we have the currency of the world. It's the standard, but it is slipping. So let me ask you a question. We're how many trillion dollars in debt now? 
Like $33 trillion? It's an okay, astronomical. $33 trillion yeah. dollars in debt. Let's just say that the value of the American dollar drops down to a third of what it is. Do we become a modern-day Zimbabwe? Um, boy, I'll tell you, we become a different world, don't we? A different country. Holy smokes. Well, you know, and we're already seeing the effects. You know, we talked about the Wawa yesterday and the looting and the vandalism going on. You going to make your sandwiches, though? And then, you know, you got... Um, you got major department stores shutting down because well, of vandalism. Does it mean if you have $100,000 in the bank that uh, you're suddenly worth 33000 Well, that's, that's, that's a big if because the money's not backed by anything. So right. you're worth the amount of paper. You're worth the, the, the cost of the paper that it's printed on or maybe just the ledger it's written on because it has no value. Uh, and I'm not saying go make a run to the banks, take your money, and go buy gold, but it may not be a bad idea. But what are you going to do? Walk around with a hatchet and go, yeah, ching, here you go. That's about uh, that's about three bucks. Right I was there. Uh, I was pretty close. Uh, the U.S. national debt. I'm looking at the real time national debt mm-hmm. is thirty three trillion one hundred and twelve billion seven hundred eighty two million. 400, 500, I can't keep up with it. It just keeps going. Isn't that on our website? Uh, probably, but I'm looking at it from the its own site. Yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, yeah. We, are, we are $33 trillion in debt and rising a- astronomically, yeah, like, uh, like lightning every second. Uh, and these guys in Washington just don't care. You know? They spend money like, well, it's not theirs because it's not theirs. They're spending your money, and it's your sweat, your labor that they are spending. And when it runs out, they don't have, they're not responsible for it. You are. And, Bill, I mean, I can remember, so help me God, I can remember not too long ago, maybe I was, uh, maybe it was during Reagan's administration, where they said, my God, we're going to be $3 trillion in debt. How can our kids, you know, handle this? We're passing this on to our children. And, and there was some real concern. $3 trillion? Now we're over 10 times that? But it's amazing because, you know, I thought, wasn't it uh, Clinton that said, yeah, I wiped out the national debt. Really? I don't remember it ever being zero. No. No, I don't either. Uh, you know, but you've heard that before. And even Biden has said, I've taken so many dollars away from the national debt. But I've never seen the, I've never seen the ticker go down. All right. So, my, my question, Bill, is do these guys think that if worse, in the worst case scenario, because the debt is essentially to themselves, that they can just erase the debt? Can the well, I think they you know, can. Can I the people in can. Washington just eliminate the debt? Who are we in debt to? Are we Let's in debt know. to the Federal Reserve? Well, the Federal Reserve are just people that say that they have the money, but basically what they're doing is when you sign your taxes and do your taxes, right. all right, you sign a little thing, I swear this is what I've made and this is what I owe you. Yeah. Now, the fact that you did that the first time means they got you – from now on until hell freezes over, the government has no claim on anything. It is just, uh, my contention is money and the whole monetary system is just a tool to control people. Well, I mean, there's some people who believe that if you don't, and, and please, I'm not suggesting you do this. As a matter of fact, I make it a point to pay my taxes, pay my fair share because it's it's a mess you don't want to get into, all right? But there are people out there who say if you don't sign your taxes, you're not really acknowledging that debt. And it's you know taxes, income tax. Well, it, income tax. Don't was, acknowledge it. Income tax was supposed to be voluntary, a voluntary tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this is going way back to the beginning, and it was never supposed to go past a certain small percentage of your income. Well, it went by that, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, But by signing that document, then it becomes a legal document. If you, if you don't do what you're signing, if, if you, for example, uh, misstate what you owe and pay less, and then you sign that document, 
it's it's a uh, it's a fraudulent document. You've yeah. you have committed a crime, and uh, uh, a lot of crimes actually. But yeah. Uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to do before we end today's show, you know, uh, uh, I didn't realize this. John Kerry's daughter Vanessa Kerry is uh, a part of the World Economic Forum. Uh, Really? Yeah, uh, climate agenda. She's a contributor. Uh, also, she was sitting on a panel with uh, three other people. One of them was a lady named Jamela Mahmood. I don't know who she is. She's the one who does most of the talking. But you'll hear John Kerry's daughter uh, add her two cents. What they essentially are saying is that um, they were talking about how to leverage the emotion from the pandemic to help advance the climate crisis narrative using storytelling. Now think about that for a second. I mean, this is like, sometimes you wonder, where do they find these people? They're thinking about how to use the emotion from the pandemic. That's, you know, how we were all caught up in it. I mean, everybody was just overwhelmed by this pandemic. They want to somehow weave the climate crisis into that, that emotion and do it by storytelling which uh, when I was a young man, uh, that, that would be essentially lying. But here's John Kerry's daughter with this uh, uh, Jamela Mahmood. The pandemic was an opportunity. I think all over the world, people realize how important health was. How now do we take that emotion of my the health, the health factor is so critical, but guess what guys, the climate crisis is creating more health issues than you can ever imagine, but no one has been able to make that link in the past. So I think we are living in an age, age now, at a time now where we need to grasp these opportunities and work together and really build on that, right? And I want to ask you a question about mm-hmm. that term moment though because you're right i feel the same way about covid taught us all these lessons learned and we should be incorporating that and the climate crisis is going to be so much worse but i believe we were talking before we started the panel about people forgotten and don't care so how do we keep that front and center so yeah i I, I, absolutely right we were just talking about it earlier that have people forgotten about covid right so i think it's about the storytelling element i think that a lot of the things we say on health are very doom and gloom very, very much, you know, the, even on the climate issues, right? We, it's so to, this, to, the, to the extent that people feel that like, I can't deal with this anymore, I can't do this. But telling, you know, really inspiring stories about what is possible if we work together. So similarly, I think with the climate crisis, we've got to bring those stories out, that sense of possibility. It's amazing. You know, uh, if you want to look important, you get uh, three or four people, you put them on a stage with a, an interesting background, right? And you pretend that they're experts. You have to listen to what people are, are saying to you. And if you listen to these people talk, you realize, my God, these are numbskulls. You would ignore them if they were having lunch with you. If you were having lunch with these people across the table, you would think, oh man, this guy's a vacant parking lot. This this guy's nuts. And you'd just continue eating your uh, your sandwich. I mean, you would just ignore them. But because they're sitting on a panel at the World Economic mm. Forum, oh my God, they have to be so important. It's the look. It's not the knowledge. It's the look. You yeah. know, appear to be something that you are not. I mean, I could stand there on a podium and have three people behind me. And uh, hi, I'm Bill Knight here with the committee. And, oh my uh, God, that's like Bill Knight. Yeah, what do you? What do you? Uh, yeah, and I am world renowned. Oh, uh, that's world you know, renowned, Bill Wright. Uh, Bill Knight that's over right. there. Yeah. Millions of people listen yeah. to the podcast every day. You know, millions of people listen to his millions podcast. Millions of people every day. do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm here to tell you, Trump is going to win in 2024. I heard it from Bill Knight. I did. I really did. Everything that you have seen or heard from the news is all a lie. And, you know, um, but anyway, I've got to go. Enough of this press conference. Uh, Committee and I have to be somewhere else for a very important. Yes. Oh, 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 he has to leave. He's very important, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, one of the things that Trump said, I'd only heard this, he said this a couple of days ago, that when he's president, he's going to have a, a, a committee put together to investigate the media to find out how, they, because he believes that the media uh, has been doing not just lying to the people, but there's been an organized 
conscious effort on the part of the media to bring down our government or bring down to lie to the people for for the you know the sake of one side and not the other the neutrality of the media is gone i think that it's long overdue i'd like to see him do that maybe he can bring some uh sense of uh normalcy back to the media and people can start doing their jobs like it's supposed to be done and not like they were cheerleaders for one side um, anyway, my, my dear friend, we have done it again. Um, yeah. If you want to reach us, our phone number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's uh, mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com. So, it's you know, so complicated. You have so many of those I things. Know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Also, um, we always end our program in a calm quiet and sophisticated fashion yes. and i think that today uh, is not an exception to that rule so we should we should end it uh, with that same calmness and that same sense of stability hasta la vista baby we're out of here the voice of freedom crn america these days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?